I can just imagine him in a meeting. You know, yes, this is the contract I've been waiting for. Thank you very much, Steve. Thank you very much, Jerry. And he signs his name, and then he stands up and he says, I'm going to go ahead and have the surgery now. You can't turn the football over 17 times and think you're going to win a game. Can't do it. Won't do it. $230 million. Guaranteed. That's just filthy. I mess up his name. I can't even get it. That's a kitty? That's a kitty? That's a But at the same time, oh, we're going to shackle them in? We're going to take over? <laughs> you are not Diana Prince. This is not the mascara. I saw it coming. That's why I went solo. You'll never see me coming. If I were a pitcher, every time I see that dude, I drill his ass. Welcome to every living and breathing intelligent biped on the planet Earth to this sick show. It's your boy, the man, the myth, the hashtag legend in my own mind. Big day, talking not only sports, but news of all kinds. Also, welcome to those checking us out on this sick podcast. On Anchor.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Overcast, Stitcher Podcast, and Radio Public. And I absolutely have to give my shout out to all my sick listeners over in the land of the lucky charms, Ireland, the birthplace of Coachella, Hong Kong, Morocco. The land of the rolling R's. Speeding with their wonderful, big, fat, Swedish meatballs swimming in a big bowl of marinara. Portugal, the home of ports. Canada, the home of that delicious maple syrup. And also getting ready to be the home of my youngest son, Kevin. And hopefully the home of me and my wife coming up top. Mexico. The home of avocados from Mexico. Pakistan. Thank you. Come on. Thailand. Home of the Thais. Germany. Donka. Peru. Home of the Limas. India. Shine bright like a diamond. The Netherlands. Home of the wooden shoes. Brazil, home of Pele, and yes, these United States of America. Well, we've had another instance of PEDs in Major League Baseball. I guess it was a matter of time because we hadn't heard about uh, PEDs for a while in Major League Baseball. Uh, you know, especially after the Barry Bonds situation and the asterisks and all of that. Uh, and then all of a sudden now here in 2022, right at the end before 2023, we get another PED discussion. 
performance enhanced drugs, y'all. If you don't know what PED, I know you're sitting there scratching your head, but what is PED? It's performance enhancing drugs. It's anything to enhance your performance, and it has happened. Fernando Tatis Jr., who was about to return to the San Diego Padres after being on the injury list the entire season. Received an 80-game suspension for a positive drug test for performance-enhancing drugs. Tati said he inadvertently, quote, took medication to treat ringworms that contained clostebol. Clostebol. Is that clostebol or is that clostebol? C-L-O-S-T-E-B-O-L Clostebol That don't sound like Ringworms Unless it was In the area of the Clostebol Anyway A lot of people took exception To this And one of the people that took exception Was Jonathan uh, Papelbach a former six-time All-Star closer and 2007 World Series champion with the Boston Red Sox and Paper Bond appeared on WEEI Radio's Bradford Show podcast and he said uh, he was not buying the excuse of Tatis he said quote this whole Tatis stuff man it it enrages me Paper Bond went on to say I worked my A off So long and so hard And did it the right way For me to see something like that It hurts me bad He said quote I'll tell you right now If I was pitching Every single time I faced that dude I'm drilling him I don't care if I'm bringing in a run and losing the game. Paper Bond admitted there would be a few guys who he would throw a uh, so-called brushback pitch towards. He said, yeah, Manny Machado, one. Sammy Sosa, two. He said, I can go on and on. The thing is, it's a mutual respect from the players and all that's gone. And I feel like that's what's missing from the game. It's one of those things now where um, uh, if you're not protecting your team, it's like, you uh, do you want to give in, uh, give in to the bully on the block and keep getting your A kicked every day? Or are you going to punch Is upset. This dude is, is livid, I would say, to say those things about Fernando Tatis. But I understand what he's saying because he's doing things the right way instead of doing it the wrong way. And it seems like the people that are doing it the wrong way got a leg up and they are getting all of the accolades and the attention by doing it 
the wrong way, but you got those players out there that are doing it the right way. And you would have thought that when all this came down about Barry Bonds and Mark uh, Aguirre and um, uh, uh, Mark McGuire and uh, Sammy Sosa and was other people. I, I forget it was so many people. Uh, was it Hernandez? Fernandez? Somebody like that. Anyway, when all this stuff came down and PEDs were in questions, and this was been about has it been ten years ago or has it been eight years? I'm not sure. I I don't normally. I love baseball, but I don't normally cover baseball for all the details of that. You have to listen to the hashtag Brothers of Baseball, which come up behind my show, this sick show. And it's coming up after this show with Mr. Willie Epting Jr. So you definitely want to tune in because I know he's going to be talking about this PED issue and so on and so forth. But Paper Bond or Paplabon, whatever you want to call it. Said I throw at this dude every time I tried to knock his block off Every time Oh well that's my words That wasn't his words See I didn't say quote So anytime I don't say quote That means that's my words Not his But I would try to knock his block off If I was pitching Me Big day I'd bing him every time Matter of fact I wouldn't try to bing him in the head I'd hit him in the back, arm, legs, kneecap, butt, whatever I could hit. Hopefully it wouldn't go at the head, but I'd brush him off. He he wouldn't be up on that plate uh, 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 thinking that he going to hit a home run off me. I'd intentionally walk him every time. Bam! Got hit. Bam! Come up again. Bam! And they're going to throw me out the game. Okay. I mean, I'm saying it to say this because I know what he's feeling. He's like, look, I'm doing it the right way. And it seems like, you know, people are taking advantage of me by doing performance enhancing drugs and not just, you know, doing what comes natural, using your natural given ability, your talent. Now, I know some people will fuss and I've heard this argument. You still got to hit the ball. I understand that. But it's when you connect is the problem if you, you've got more strength than you had prior to this and you're tapping the ball and it's going out the ballpark then there's a problem I mean if you're swinging for the fences and trying to knock it you know four or five hundred feet I understand that but if you're barely hitting it and you're late on the swing and you hit it the right field and you're hitting home runs like two three hundred feet 400 feet the right field there's a problem there's a problem if you're hitting a ball 800 feet dead center there is a problem not that I've known anybody hit 800 feet we need to look at that but Willie F.T. Jr. said something it was it was it was just pristine concerning Barry Bonds and when we found out that Barry Bonds uh, was doing uh, drugs, performance-enhancing drugs, Barry Bonds was a Hall of Famer. Already. He was the first ballot. He was going to be in the Hall of Famer irregardless. Why did he have to take it? Because we noticed a change. We noticed Barry was a little bit bigger. He was carrying a little bit more weight. 
and he broke Hank Aaron's home run record. And Hank Aaron really was not happy about it. He wasn't there personally. If I remember correctly, he was on the Jumbotron. He said this little thing, thank, uh, he thanked him uh, or told him, he says, you know, congratulations for hitting, you know, beating my record. And I think Bonds went on to hit 755, something like that. Uh, like I said, I'm, I don't have the stats in front of me, but my point is, is that someone like Barry Bonds didn't need performance enhancing drugs. Tatis didn't need performing enhancing drugs the dude was bad all by himself so why would he go that route and I understand a lot of the times that you know the, the grind on them and, and I fought Manfred for this it's 162 games I think it is that they play that is a grind basketball don't do that much basketball do 80 82 that's too much Baseball's 160 something. That's too many games and that's wear and tear on your body. So I understand, you know, they're trying to, you know, take away the aches and pains and whatever. But the PEDs is illegal. It's period. It's illegal. Could you imagine a league that was had everybody did PEDs? Baseballs would be thrown at like 600 miles an hour. Home runs would be a thousand feet or more. I mean, it would be ridiculous if everybody did it. So it's not something that everybody needs to be doing or anybody needs to be doing. And so long as it goes against the rules of Major League Baseball, the anti-doping, uh, world anti-doping ages. This thing called Clostaball can be used for ophthalmological and dermatological use. But it is also banned by the World Anti-Doping Agency. Therese Yohag was suspended in 2016 after testing positive for this drug. So Tatis faced criticism in his own locker room. Uh, Padres pitcher Mike Clevenger said, we're very disappointed. It's the second time we've been disappointed with him. You hope he grows up and learns from this and learns that it's about more than just him right now. Well, you know what? Good luck with that. But I think this suspension might teach him a lesson. He can't play the rest of the season. Pretty much, you know, he's done. And what about next season? So he's got a, lot, a long road ahead of him. He needs to make some good decisions going forward. All right, enough of that. When we return, um, we've got to talk about... This census killing with Akib Talib and his brother Yakub Talib that happened right around the corner, Lancaster, Texas. So we're going to talk about that when we come back right here on this sick show. Welcome back to part dose of this sick show. 10 years of the hottest sports talk in the known universe. Join us 
all year long as we celebrate our 10th anniversary and relive some of the most classic and memorable moments here on the BGC Sports Network. And make sure to check us out at bgcsports.net for upcoming events and a whole lot of other stuff. That's 10 years of debates, 10 years of opinions, and 10 years of sports talk that's lit. Celebrating 10! And just getting it done. We are the BGC Sports Network, a.k.a. the Big Game Christian Sports Network. All right. We, we got to talk about this situation that happened at a 9U football scrimmage uh, in Lancaster, Texas, and it resulted in the tragic death of a coach. Um, this happened on Saturday night and it involved coach Akib Talib and his brother Yakub Talib and coach Michael Hickman. This happened, like I said, in Lancaster, Texas. It was uh, last weekend. And from all reports, and, and, and for what we've seen, because somebody had uh, uh, taken photos and, and, and did a video on it, the reports say that the coaches on both sides were 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 not happy with, I guess, the calls that the refs were making and the calls that maybe the coaches were calling. I, I, I'm not sure. I don't have all that information. I don't know just yet exactly in that regard how it started, but... All I know is that everybody got upset and one thing led to another. The coaches started fighting. They started putting hands on each other. And um, unfortunately, Coach Michael Hickman, one of the football coaches, was shot and killed on the field. It's just terrible that that happened. And especially it happened in front of the youth that were there on the field. Now, the video showed people that you heard the shot, you didn't see it, but you heard it, and then people started scattering. You started scattering and everything. But Mr. Hickman lost his his um, life because of a gunshot at a youth football scrimmage game. The suspect who was wanted for Mr. Hickman's death was not Akeem Talib. You know, Akeem Talib used to be with the NFL and he also a broadcast announcer with the NFL. Uh, his brother, Yakub Talib, is his older brother, um, was the one who pulled the gun. And uh, the video went viral, all on social media. It was a lot of arguing and it just it just was ridiculous you see them arguing uh, during the end of the game then you hear about four shots ring out and then Hickman was shot and killed Lancaster police released the following statement about the tragic and senseless incident on August 13th at approximately 8.50 p.m., Lancaster police were dispatched to multiple call services at 1749 Jefferson Place, Lancaster, Texas, commonly known as Lancaster Community Park. 
The Lancaster Community Park is a community activity park uh, that encompasses several youth football fields. And upon arrival, officers were notified of a disagreement among coaching staffs and the officiating crew. During the, the disagreement, the opposing coach staff were involved in a physical altercation and one of the individuals involved in the altercation discharged a firearm striking one adult male. The victim was transported to a local hospital for treatment where he was later pronounced dead. This happened on Sunday evening and it happened like right around where our church is where I go to church at at the Life in Christ Family Church in Lancaster, Texas and so we, 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 we're pretty familiar with the, the community we're pretty familiar with the police department fire department and everything this, this is tragic y'all it's nothing less than tragic now after this happened of course, Yakub Tlaib took off and they were looking for him. Since this happened, he has turned himself in. Thankful for that. And his lawyer basically said that he wants to, he turned himself in because he wants to tell his side of the story. And I know what's getting ready to happen and, and, and he's trying to plead self-defense because, you know, they were fighting. But, hey, did Coach Hickman have a gun? And, and here's the next thing. Why are you bringing guns to youth football scrimmages? I mean, this ain't like rival gangs having a football uh, 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 game it's not rival gangs so so why why are you bringing gun in the first place you know I talked to my pastor about this issue this really bothers me and, and, and I don't know if you can tell it, it bothers me because the simple fact is is that young people should not have to see anything like that they should never have to watch anyone die, especially their coach, die on the field. This is a traumatic experience that could be with them for the rest of their lives. All because adults couldn't bring it in. We're constantly telling youth, hey, there's a better way. Hey, you don't need to do this. You don't need to do that. You don't need to bring guns. You don't need to use guns. You know, we're constantly trying to encourage the youth not to go down these specific roads, but yet here we are as adults acting like them. Acting like the young people that we are trying to reach. Sad thing is, this is another black man senselessly gone and it's just and I'm not just talking about him I'm talking about all across this nation all across the world but especially this nation that we live in another senseless killing of a black man this was at the hands of another black man we talk about black lives matter 
Black lives shouldn't matter when it comes to black on black crying. Black lives should matter. But it just, it just, it's, it's just unfathomable. It's hard to comprehend why this would take place the way that it did and to understand the final result of this, which resulted in a coach's death. A man had a family. A man was a dad. He was a brother. He was an uncle. He was all those things. If he had lived long enough, he would have been a grandfather. I mean, there's this... Let me get back to the story because I'm, I'm really, really, really not happy about this situation. Um, the Talib brothers, with Yakub being the oldest, grew up in both Cleveland and Trenton, New Jersey areas. These places were known for being tough inner cities with high crime rates. Yakub talked about their upbringing and how it shaped them in a 2015 interview with the Denver Post. He said, where we grew up, you fought quicker than normal. You didn't want anybody to see a weakness. It was the culture we grew up in. I was the only one on my whole street who went to high school. He had um, uh, kids, Akeem's age. He was in the fifth or sixth grade. Some of his friends had already stopped going to school and they just chilled. When Akeem came home from school, he chilled with them. Looking back on it, he said, I think it created an uh, us against the world attitude and mentality. <sighs> yeah, I can understand I've lived in Cleveland. I can understand, and in Cleveland, Ohio, I can understand the mentality. I can understand the attitude. But that was then. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I acted like a child. But when I got older, I put away childish things. So, the argument itself is childish. It's the competitiveness. And, and I talked about this in my, I believe in my last show. Or maybe I didn't. I wanted to talk about this. Or maybe I did. I can't I can't remember. But in Little League, the, the thing that happened with the young man who got hit in the head by the pitcher, he went to first base after he was all right and everything. And then after that, he went to the mound and uh, the, the pitcher was distraught. And he walked to the mound and uh, he hugged the pitcher and he said, I'm okay. And then uh, uh, everybody was saying, that's what we need. We need compassion like that. We need to see that in competitive sports. We need to see it. And there was a lot of negative people out there. There was a lot of negative attitude towards the boy going towards the mound. And I'm like, this is Little League. What are you teaching these kids if you're not teaching them to be compassionate yet competitive we're, we're compassionate I mean let me say that we're competitive as can be right here on the BGC Sports Network every show is competitive but yet we maintain compassion 
I'm not gonna ever sit here and down one of my one of my teammates who have their own show and their own ideas speak however they want to speak and they speak their mind but you're not gonna ever ever hear me say something derogatory concerning them we have competitive moments competitive little you know spats like you know uh you know this was this show did this this show did that and then we didn't do this and do that but okay you better watch your back because i'm coming after you we have little things like that but it's all in fun what happened to the fun in youth competitive sports I personally know umpires and referees. I personally know, matter of fact, Mr. Sportsopedia, right here on the BGC Sports Network, which you can hear him and his wife on sports from her perspective every Saturday and Sunday at 10 and 11. One of them on BGC One other on BGC 2 He's a referee He knows firsthand what it's like When you're dealing with Parents When you're dealing with coaches Screaming at you And cussing you out And calling you every name Except a child of God And, and, and the fans are worse Corey knows about fans who want to take it to the next level. They want to follow you to your car. In all honesty, referees need to be strapped. Not on the field. When they go to the locker room. And I, I guarantee you, some of them are. What's up with all this aggression? Where is this coming from? And and you see the aggression, the aggressiveness of youth sports. Everybody wants to be number one. This is the thing that I said was going to happen when they start saying, oh, there's, there's not a winner. There's not a loser. There is participators. And everybody who participates is a winner. Now, Bo, that's Bull. As a matter of fact, that's some fragalagging bull. You have winners and you have losers. That's life. Everybody can't win. The team with the higher score, whether it's one point up, wins. In the NFL, you can tie. Okay, you tied in the NFL. But you got 16 games of winning and losing. Or 15 more games of winning and losing. It's just senseless. It's it's just ridiculous that we're teaching the youth this. We're the grown-ups. We're supposed to set the example. We're supposed to set the example for the youth out there. This is what you don't do. We should be able to contain ourselves. Not put our hands on each other. That's a whole nother level right there. Because you put your hands on me. 
Either two things are going to happen. Either I'm going to respond by putting my hands on you. Or if you put your hands on me again, I'm going to put your behind in handcuffs. One way or the other, you're going to pay. It's so, so sad, this situation. And my prayer goes out to Hickman's family. It's crazy. It's, it's, I'm, I'm running out of words. It's just ridiculous. My condolences goes out to Hickman's family. This thing was, was, was so, what's the word I want to use? I'll just say not cool. It went on national news. ESPN was talking about it. ABC News was talking about it. CBS was talking about it. It went national. All because somebody gets mad and can't keep their hands to themselves. I don't know who started it, but that's not the way ever to finish a fight. I, 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 I got to get away from that. Got to lift it up. Next segment. Make sure you come back because I'm going to talk about Mr. Bill Russell. And I'm going to talk about his jersey number being retired. You don't want to miss it. Make sure you come back. Right here on this. Sick of folks acting a fool ending up in someone's death show welcome back to part tray of this sick show hey are you needing a quick fast safe and reliable moving company well, search no more because Midnight Hour Moving has you covered. At Midnight Hour Moving, their goal is to provide hassle-free moves from start to finish. Midnight Hour Moving can also provide packing supplies, safe and secure warehouse storage. Plus, they can move you anywhere in the great state of Texas. Both to and from DFW. So call Midnight Hour Moving today at 817 399 1300. That's 817 399 1300. Or go to Midnight Hour Moving. And get moving. Also, too, coming up next week, as a matter of fact, Football Tonight comes back to the BGC Sports Network as we cover the Crowley Eagles on BGC Sports Network 1 and the Dunbar Wildcats on BGC Sports Network 2 all season long so you don't want to miss it we will be bringing you the intense high school football action of both of those high school teams so don't want to miss it go to bgcsports.net for schedules and times.
But in this last segment, we got to talk NBA. The NBA on Thursday announced that it will be retiring the number six jersey league-wide in honor of Bill Russell, who passed away this past July 31st at the age of 88. Bill Russell's unparalleled success on the court and pioneering civil rights activism deserve to be honored in a unique and historic way. This is what NBA Commissioner Adam Silver said. He said, quote, permanently retiring his number six across every NBA team ensures that Bill's transcendent career will always be recognized. You go, Adam Silver. You go. Awesome. That is absolutely, unequivocally, Bill Russell is the greatest winner in the history of the NBA in his 13 seasons his team won the NBA finals 11 times with 8 of them coming in consecutive seasons he made the finals in all but one season Russell is one of two athletes in the major US sports to achieve 11 championship titles along with the Montreal Canadiens Henry Richard or Andre Richard not Henry but as Silver said Russell will forever be remembered for his work off the court Russell's family said in a statement announced when they announced his passing for all the winning Bill's understanding of the struggle is what illuminated his life from boycotting a 1961 exhibition game to unmask uh, too long tolerated discrimination to leading Mississippi's first integrated basketball camp in the combustible wake of Medgar Evans assassination. Two decades of activism recognized by his receipt of the Presidential Medal of Freedom in 2010. Bill called out injustice with an unforgiving candor that he intended would disrupt the status quo and with a powerful example that uh, no, uh, that though never his humble intention will will forever inspire teamwork, selflessness, and thoughtful change. Now, Russell also became the first black head coach in professional sports in 1966, and he was inducted into the Hall of Fame on two separate occasions, both as a player and as a coach. Who does that? That in itself says something about Bill Russell's character. The NBA Finals MVP award bears his name now and his jersey number had already been retired by the Celtics. It is the first number to be retired throughout the NBA and just the third to be retired across a major U.S. sports league along with Jackie Robinson's number 42 in Major League Baseball and Wayne Gretzky's number 99 in the NHL. Wow. That's saying something right there. That is... Tremendous. He's only the third ever person to have his number retired league wide. The other two people was Jackie Robinson and Wayne Gretzky. That's just 
I can't, you know, I can't even put words to how awesome that really is. And, and, and we really need to stand up and recognize the accomplishments of people like Bill Russell. He wasn't just known as a back basketball player. He was he was an activist. He was into politics. He was he was into a lot of different things. And Bill Russell made his mark on the NBA. Yes, retire his jersey. League wide. Yes, yes. One million percent. Yes. You got my vote. If there was a vote, you got mine. So Bill Russell, number six, is going to be retired. Adam Silver doing what he feels is the right thing to do, and this is the right thing to do for the NBA. Now, my biggest question that came up when they said that they were going to retire to number six, you know who I thought about? Someone who loves the number six. And I think currently has the number six with the Los Angeles Lakers. I'm talking about LeBron James. LeBron, Miami, had the number six. And I think they're going to retire if they have not retired number six in Miami for LeBron James. And he's not going to be able to have that number again. He can't have 23. It's Michael Jordan's number. (laughs) You, You don't want 24. That was Kobe's number. You can't have 32. That's magic. You can't have 33. That's Shaq. There's a whole bunch of numbers you can't have, LeBron. So you need to get a, a number like, you know, if you don't get a number, get 11. Is there anybody with the number retired that's number 11? I mean, for your specific team, it was cool. But we're talking league-wide now. That means nobody can wear it unless it's a special occasion deemed by the NBA and Commissioner Adam Silver that you can wear that number six. And probably, if if I can kind of get in the mind of Adam Silver a little bit, the next All-Star game will probably have everybody wearing six. As a tribute. And so, as it should, it's probably going to happen. And, and and I look forward to that. But, you know, it's just it's, it's awesome. If you look back at what Bill Russell did for, for everybody, his activism outside of basketball, he was a, an essential part of the civil rights movement, if you think about it. Him boycotting with the other players because they were black and they were treated a certain way he wasn't standing for it and Bill Russell never held back his tongue from anything he was in your face he'll tell you what he was thinking I remember when he was looking at uh, <laughs> inducted to the Hall of Fame and he was looking at Matumbo he looked at Matumbo and he said I think it was Matumbo and he said, I'll kick your ass. That was the funniest thing. He, he looked him up and down like, you ain't all that. You ain't. You might be seven foot, eight foot, whatever. I'll kick your ass. Love that. That's the type of person Bill Russell was. I 
never understood though the fro and go teeth. But I mean that that was his generation. I mean that's what he did. With the fro and the, the, the goatee, that just yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's all I can say about that. Too soon. Too soon to talk about the goatee. Okay, I won't talk about the goatee. LeBron, what you gonna do? You got a bunch of numbers being retired. And LeBron started out with 23, I think, when he was in Cleveland. Went to Miami, got the number six. Then he went back to Cleveland. And then in Cleveland, I don't think he had 23 again. I gotta look, I gotta look that up. I don't think it was 23 he had again, but it was a different number. Was it nine? Or was it eight? It was a different number. Anyway, goes to the Lakers, number six. So once this is retired, this upcoming season, he ain't going to be wearing six. So I wonder what number he's going to be wearing. 55. 92 81 Maybe 69 That was purposeful Awkward silence there I bet you didn't know this I'm gonna school you The NBA has banned The use Of the number 69 Because of It's association with how can I put this with adult behavior for lack of a better word so you can never never have 69 or 96 that's a number that will never ever ever be given to a player quick note Rodman wanted the number 69 but they wouldn't give it to him so I think he ended up with like 99 or something like that but they was like no no Dennis you are not about to get the number 69 it's not gonna happen bro and he petitioned for it he fussed a little bit about it but David Stern told him just like Matumbo used to say, not in my house. It's not gonna happen, bro. <sighs> Sorry, I hadn't taken a swig this whole show. My mouth was dry. We're right at the end of the show. But yeah, retiring number six, only the third person this has ever happened in US sports history. Their number being retired league wide. It's impressive. Jackie Robinson Impressive Wayne Gretzky Impressive And now Bill Russell With the number six For everything that he accomplished This is how you reward somebody For their life's work I applaud Adam Silver I applaud the NBA for doing this because this 
It's going to be something that's going to last forever and forever. As long as the NBA is the NBA and then beyond. Bills, not just his grandchildren, but his grandchildren's children's children's children will know about this way down the line. So congratulations to Bill Russell and the Russell family. The number six, being retired league-wide. As you can hear in the background, I'm done. Somebody's getting it bad. I got to hurry up and get off of here. The hashtag brother baseball is up next. Mr. Willie Epting Jr. You do not want to miss what he is bringing forward. And you do not want to miss all week long this six show. Thank you for tuning in. And stay tuned. More to come at the BGC Sports Network. 